stack it's my clock telling me i should get up hi and welcome to the conscious loop where woo woo and the real world collide i'm your host katrina DeAngelis. join me as we explore what it looks like to live consciously almost always each episode we dive into transforming mindsets and shifting paradigms through topics such as developing self-awareness, living authentically, communication, strengthening relationships, and leading from the inside out. If you're ready to break out of your unconscious loops and discover what else is possible, you came to the right place. You ready? Let's dive in. Today, I'm so thrilled to have April on the show. She is an author, a speaker, and the visionary behind Retail You, an online platform transforming retail leadership training. Her work in Curable Positivity has won multiple awards, and that's the one that we'll be chatting about here today on the show. She is recognized as a top influencer in the retail world and celebrated among many. Her insights are shaping the future of retail and leadership across the globe. I'm so excited to chat with her today, someone who I get to call a friend, a colleague, a collaborator, a co-creator, and just somebody who has inspired my journey along the way as well. A fun fact about April is that she is the one who initiated the now iconic practice of writing customers' names on the Starbucks cups. So now every time you go to Starbucks, you get your name written on the cup and you'll know where it started back in 2000. All right, let's dive into the show. Hello, April. It's so good to have you here on the show. I mean, I feel like, oh gosh, it would have been, has it been three years now since we met it? at A-Fest and Mind Valley. Yeah, I think it was three years ago we were roomies, right, in Jordan. Best roomie <laughs> ever. <laughs> Highly recommend if you're ever going to an event like that to, to do that because the universe always aligns for, for reasons beyond what we might know at the moment. And And here we are. So I would love, yeah, April, if you can jump in and just introduce yourself and some of the stuff that you do, what you've been excited about since we've last seen each other over the past three years. And then I have a bunch of questions for you because I would love for you to get to share more about your book and the work that you're doing and and just all the positivity and inspiration that you've been bringing to the world. Yeah, I'd love to share. So I have two professional development companies. They all come under the umbrella of the Positivity Company. I renamed the company last year from April Sabra Leadership to the Positivity Company because literally... That's what we teach. And we teach positive leadership and mindset for your life, work, and your business. And it's in the retail industry predominantly, some hospitality as well. But it comes from just like working in it for so long and realizing that there was just such a gap in leadership training, you know, for retailers. So that's what I've been doing. I've been building that and turning the books into workshops and talks and all that good stuff. And also, wrote a second book called Incurable Positivity, which is for personal development. I say personal, but like personal is professional too. We all know that, right? If you're a better person, you show up at work better, but it's under the professional development category and that just keeps winning awards. So that's really fun. There's like lots of stuff coming out for that in 2024. And, you know, just trying to be a good human, a good mom, a good friend, you know, trying to, trying to, show up in the world and, and make a difference with people. And that's what I've been doing really in the last three, three years since since we met. I love that. Oh my gosh. And like, why do we have to overcomplicate it? Right. I feel like it's, you know, I'm always overthinking the answer to the question, what do I want to do in the world? And it's like, be a good human. I like that. Just be a good human and inspire others to do the same, which you're, which you're definitely doing and embodying. So I appreciate that about you. Um, you mentioned gap, like some of the, especially within the retail and, and hospitality space, like some of the gaps that you're seeing in terms of leadership development. How do you, 
how do you find what do you find that gap typically is and how do you bridge it with the work that you do within positive space mindset and I love the the term that you use incurable positivity yeah I find the gap is most functioning businesses like retailers and hospitality really focus on operational practices right so there's so much to get done when you're running a hospitality business like a hotel or a restaurant or even a retail chain and I know that from past experience when I used to run sales and operations it's very task heavy it's very like checklist visual merchandising, you know, this policy and procedure. And I think that what has been the biggest gap is focusing on who do you need to be as a leader versus what do you need to do? And so what we really focus on primarily is, and it's in, is ways of being right as a leader, because if you don't show up being a positive person, being that bright light, being that leader that coaches, trains, listens, and is present, then your team are going to keep churning. You're going to keep going through people and that just impacts results overall. So I feel like there's been a big gap in that for the last decade. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I first started, leadership development was very prevalent, but then the money got shifted away from people and into omni-channel and online sales, right? And rightly so, because we had to build that online side of the business. But yeah, then people just get stressed and They're just not functioning at their best. And so a lot of the work we do is literally how do you need to be, who do you need to be before you go into tactically doing something? And that's a very different perspective because then that deals with your mindset. It deals with who, you know, who you are, who you show up as. People have a hard time with that because they're we're called human beings, right? But for some reason, we want to be human doings. So that's the biggest gap I see. And yeah, I think positive leaders build positive teams, people that want to work for them. So that's really, really important. Yeah. Wow. You just brought me back to one of my first leadership roles. It was actually managing a restaurant. And you can be checking boxes all day long, like filling inventory, doing all of that, But if people don't like to be around you or it doesn't feel like a good work environment, like that doesn't matter. We would see so so many differences based on who was leading and how they were leading. And even in terms of theft, right, people stealing from stores, that happens. Are you going to are people going to steal more likely or less likely to to take something from someone and a company that is really creating that positive culture and that positivity and where people enjoy being there because you feel like you're getting so much more when you feel good right yeah and you know it's interesting because I see I saw something on LinkedIn posted today it was a CEO of a company and it was like you know invest in your people and your people will always take care of your business and that is so true what I see the gap is is the investment Mm -hmm. of people What are they investing in and what are they teaching and training? Because it is not complicated. We all know we want to work for a good Mm -hmm. boss, but there's two things that every boss needs to know what their people need. And like we teach this positive engagement formula so that there's two steps. And then there's three questions that every employee wants to say yes to. And once you get that nailed down, generally you've turned the corner in terms of positive culture. And I think that's where the gap is because people go oh positive or oh, I have to be nice now to everyone. I'm like well positive leadership isn't really fluffy actually it's very intentional 
it's very intentional. You have to be so aware as a positive leader, the impact of what you have on people around you. And that takes work, right? Like that's, that's effort. That's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because I think, you know, you hear the word positivity and we've also heard the word thrown around like toxic positivity or, you know, and this is not really what we're talking about right now. And so what would you say when even in the work that you do and the books that you wrote, right? Like what is the positive effect? What does that actually look like? And what does it look like for somebody to embody that? Yeah. I mean, there's three ways of being to have a positive effect in your life, with your peers, with your friends, with your work colleagues. And number one is to be supportive, right? When when you support people, when you support others and you actually help them feel themselves and be seen, we all know how that feels. Be responsible. The second one is be responsible. So be responsible for your mind, for your thoughts, for your time, because what you think about, where you spend your time is what you create more of. And then the last one is be selfless, because when you're selfless, you're in service to others. So you're there to help and encourage other people. There were so many times in my career where I could have taken the accolades, I could have put myself first, and I didn't. It was about succession planning and building more leaders. And because I did that, I got the next role because I kept putting other people first and actually helping the company by building those skills. So to me, those are the three things that really create a positive effect. Because, you know, when you ignite positive emotions in others and then you train them how to do the job, you're going to get good results. It's really not that complicated. <laughs> but but it's a skill, right? It's a skill that you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, because it is a skill, what do you find is the like a common barrier in the way for people to transition to a more positive mindset and to really start instilling the the positive effect? What's that barrier that you often see in leaders? They're stuck in a negative loop. We are all not immune to this. We have, there's so, so many different studies on this, but the work that I did for the second book the National Science Foundation says that we have about 8,000 thoughts a day and 80% of them are negative and 80% of today's thoughts are from yesterday's thoughts. If you really think about that, right? Like that loop that we're all stuck in really keeps us stuck and showing up and being our best. And this is just negative thinking. And we're being programmed from the age of zero to seven. We're programmed. It goes into our subconscious. And 90% of how we show up in the world is what we believe. Well, a belief is just a thought that's repeated over time. So once you understand that, you can start to shift those thoughts and you can actually start to shift your beliefs. And so I learned this a very long time ago. I used to get given sales goals, right, from the CEO or the board of directors. I'd be like, I can't do that goal. And I remember once having this goal given to me and I nearly derailed the whole team from achieving it because I was like, I can't do that. I've never done that. We don't have evidence that we can do that. You know, when you look backwards all the time and you look at the evidence that is giving you your information to make decisions going forwards, you're not living in the realm of unlimited possibilities, Mm -hmm. right? You're living on factual information. And so, yeah, I think that derails people a lot, just that negative loop. And so, yeah, when I learned that I was derailing people, I was like, oh Lord, you know, I've got to change that. And so, I had a boss, luckily for me, that interrupted that thought. I was like, no, you have to deliver it. And so I went about everything I could do to help the team do it. And we literally surpassed the goal that I didn't even think we could do because we were living in the realm of 
unlimited possibilities, right? So that's where I think people really get stuck. They get stuck in their own way. And even when I'm doing one-on-one coaching with clients, they could be a tech founder, they could be a CEO. Some people have everything they've ever wanted financially. They have the home, they have the relationship, but they're just not happy and they don't think they can have happiness now. They're delaying it for some reason. And we talked about that earlier, but literally derailing themselves because they've got this poor programming, this piece of code in their mind that is just replaying over and over again. But our subconscious rules us and we don't really pay attention to that because it's not something that we're consciously aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Until you become aware of it. And that's the theme really of the, the podcast and the unconscious loop, right? It's like, when we make the unconscious conscious, we can shift and we can rewire that programming. And it's very hard. Like once you know something, you can't unknow it. Like you start seeing everything then through that lens. And it's through that, that you can, that you can really shift into that next version, up level the programming, whatever it is. And so, but as you said, like that's challenging, like it is very challenging. And I think it's easy. It's like most things is easier said than done. What are some ways that you were able to you know, shift into that next version and up level all those years ago with that sales conversation? And what process did you go through? And and how do you support people in doing that now? Like, what are some ways that people can begin to make the unconscious conscious and really shift through that and move through it? Yeah, I think how you make the unconscious conscious is literally asking yourself what's not working in your life right now. If you actually stand in your life and say just what's not working, because I truly believe everything we think about comes about. Like the law of metaphysics and the law of cause and effect tells you, and I'm a student of that, is that everything you think about comes about. So if you're thinking that creates, if you could adopt this idea for a moment and literally look around you and say, what's not working in my life right now and write that down, because that's a really hard thing for people to kind of identify, especially when I'm doing coaching with clients. And then the second question I, I would ask them or even ask myself is what, what beliefs do I have about this situation, this scenario? And I literally journal out those beliefs, right? One of them was, you know, about spending money as a single mom, like, you know, being the only provider and like spending money and feeling, you know, like I'm never going to have enough and that lack mindset. And I literally, I remember being in Mind Valley on this trip actually with you. And I remember the day that we went out, I don't know if you were with us, but we went out and we went on an excursion and everybody forgot their wallet and everybody kept asking me to pay. And I was having this lesson in that moment of like, why am I feeling so bad about like spotting everybody, knowing they're going to give it back and knowing I have enough, but this unconscious belief that I had, right? So I sat down and was like, what's not working right now in this moment? And like, what do I believe about it? And I literally was like, I don't believe I'm going to have enough. I believe I'm going to run out of money. Then you can start to kind of reprogram that. And you can say things like, I'm choosing to believe that I have more than enough. Because a lot of times when you hear positive affirmation statements, your brain just can't believe it. So I always say use bridge statements, bridge thoughts that can shift that. So I'm choosing to believe I have more than enough. I'm choosing to believe that there is abundance all around me. I'm choosing to believe that money's in my bank account and I can spend it. I'm choosing to believe that spending money feels good, right? Like these reprogramming these thoughts. But you have to really do that repetitively. You can't just sit one day and do a journal and think it's going to shift. You have to write three positive thoughts or new beliefs to counterbalance the limiting beliefs that you have. And you have to do it consistently until you see externally around you something shift. 
And that can take somebody 30 days. It can take somebody 60 days. It can take 90 days. I've been reprogramming myself on some lack beliefs for the last six months and, and using, you know, in sleep meditation, things like that to kind of shift my subconscious. But there's lots of tools and practices, but I find that one is really, really powerful. If nobody, if, if you've never done this work and you don't know where to start, just ask yourself those questions and just do some journaling and then keep writing out those positive ones for the next 30 days and see what shifts in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love how you said the, like use bridge statements, because oftentimes if you have a belief that feels so true to you, you can't just go from like, I'm never going to find love or I'm never going to make money to like, I'm going to be rich or I'm going to be married in a year, like whatever it is, like it's hard to go from A to B, right? So it's like using that bridge and, and what are some even just being open to the possibility, like I've used with some of my coaching clients, rather than clinging to that negative statement, if you can't believe the positive thing, just what can you believe? Like, can you be open? Can you be open to shifting? Can you be open to the possibility? And and you mentioned possibility in previously as well, like just seeking and looking for the possibility and opportunity that's all around you. You're priming your mind to see differently, like you're seeing through a different lens. The other, yeah, that's so, it's so true. I love that you said that, that it's just, yeah, your mind can't always accept and believe in new mm-hmm. beliefs. It's, it's so true. And I've seen that so many times because my daughter would be like, I'm in a bad relationship. You just want me to say I'm in a good one? Well, what? That, that's not real. And I was like, well, no, you could say I'm grateful for the awareness that I now know what I want in a relationship. That's a great new belief and setting you up for future of where you want to be, yeah. right? There's also another process that I learned most recently from a Mind Valley course, and I've started practicing, and I think this is really, really important too, is that when we're trying to shift our beliefs and like kind of get out of this loop that we're in, and we need to break through a, a, a ceiling, right? You need to break through a ceiling, and your ego is going to want to protect you. It's going to be like, mm, no, I haven't been there before. Don't want to do that. want to keep you stuck, and rightly so, it wants to protect us. But if you can envision a vision beyond the vision and actually have your first goal and then your second one, your protective ego will go to the bigger one and will let go of the first one. So now your first ceiling becomes your floor. And now that's as if it's already done. And so that's really, really helpful. And that's kind of what I did when I did the sales goal. It was like, this is the goal, but this is the stretch goal. I used to do that all the time with teams. And so I just got that brought back to me in the last couple of weeks. I think that's really, really powerful to know that if you envision beyond a vision, your subconscious, your ego will let go of the first one and it will already be done. And that's that mindset of like, act like it's already done. Be grateful. Script as if you already have it. But the power of having the vision beyond the vision means that this is already done and it is letting go of protecting you from that. And so I think that's super powerful. Yeah. I, and I love that because it's also like that's something for people who are familiar with like design thinking or innovation, creativity, like these are things that we use in different ways, like think beyond what you might know to be possible or make your goal only like 50% believable or achievable or pick something that literally you don't even think you can achieve because then you're releasing to the fa- the you're surrendering to like okay like i'm not going to dis- disappoint myself because i know that that's a really big goal but you're getting your mind to think in a way that is going to try and achieve it and even if you fall short of it it's still way beyond what you would have initially set as your goal or your vision breaking through that ceiling so i i love 
I love that. And is it was was that the pro call like recently that happened? Because I wanted to attend that. Or what course did you? No, it was it was the manifesting course on Mind Valley app with I don't I don't I'm probably going to say her name wrong, so I won't say her name. But I've been using it and going through it, and it's really interesting because a lot of the things that she teaches in there is the same as what we wrote in the Incurable Positive Being mm-hmm. book. But she does a lot of energetic meditations, which I think. It's really important to know that, right? We know we're all energy, but do we really know we're all energy? And <laughs> like, that, like what do we even think that that means? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so fast. I mean, I just geek out on the mind and these loops that we're stuck in. And when you can spot one, you're like, yes, I got yeah. it. I can shift yeah. it. Same, same. Oh so my good. gosh. And so, yeah, tell me about, because I know your newest book is called Incurable Positivity. So tell me a little bit about that one and how is it like, this even like level up from the first one one that you did and what do you share there yeah the first book was really for leaders right how to create create good cultures this one is really how to shift your negative thinking to positive thinking and it came about because I went through a personal circumstance at the end of 2022 and I had to double down on my positive thinking practices to get myself back to where I wanted to be, you know, instead of being sad and depressed and anxious and all of these depressive thoughts I was having at the time, just coming out of something personal. And so I, yeah, doubled down and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to write it down because people kept asking me all the time when I would teach the workshops and teach the other book, why are you so positive? How are you so positive? And I'm like, well, I don't naturally wake up positive. I think it's a skill that you learn and I think it's practices that you put in place. And so because people kept asking me and because I had gone through this and doubled down, I was like, this is the time to document exactly how I do it. And so really, that's really what it is. It's the seven steps that I use and best practices as a metaphysical student for like over 30 years of how I literally shift my thinking to positive with very, very tactical steps in it. It's only 100 pages. It's so short because I, I literally wanted to make like a pocketbook that you could carry around with you and just put it in your pocket and then pull it out when you needed it kind of thing, like a manual to remember. So it it started off as like 50 pages. I think Amazon was like, eh, no, you need to do more pages than that to publish it. So I was like, okay. So we made it a bit bigger, but it's, it's one of those books you just becomes a lifestyle. I feel like incurable positivity is a lifestyle. And the name came about because my best friend at the time, you know, my best friend, we were having a Christmas together. And she's like, you know, I think you, you just have this incurable positivity about you. You just, well, you're relentless with like this positive thinking. You should just call it incurable positivity because, you know, incurable people always think you can't get rid of it. And I just, you can't get rid of the way that you're always relentless with your thinking. And I was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> so that's how it came about. I love that. I love that too. Like how, especially like having like this like short, like handbook sort of idea, because, you know, in theory, when we read about something or we listen to something, it's great and it lands, but then you, it doesn't really land until you have the opportunity to, to practice it. And I noticed that with myself last year, it was like, I'm, you know, such an avid learner. You could say I'm addicted to learning and to productivity and just continuously up leveling. Like that would be my addiction for sure. But sometimes I don't have the opportunity to practice it. And last year entering a new relationship and, you know, on this completely different journey that I've been on, I had all these opportunities to practice. And I remember at one point being like, I think I might've actually said this out loud. I was like, can you hold on a second while I just check my notes on what to do in the situation to untrigger myself? 
<laughs> because it's like it's so much harder when you're in the moment and you're like, how do I shift my mindset right now? Or why am I so deep in this trigger? You know, and and in theory, it's easy, but when you practice it, it's not. And so I've actually had to pause many times and and just say I need to recenter and like work through this process so I can come back to it. And so I love the idea of having this. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that that you just said pause because we have a whole chapter in the book called the power mm. pause. Like Angie is all yeah. about taking the pause. And so I have her on my shoulder all the time. Every time I go to react, right? I'm like, Angie, power yeah. pause, stop. Honestly, I think it's about conditioning your mind. So I love that you said that you don't get a chance to practice it because an athlete conditions their body every day to be a winning athlete to go get the gold medal and what I say is in life condition your mind like it's your athlete and so it's a practice every day and that's what the book was really built for just to keep practicing it people keep reading this we keep reading the same chapter over and over again me and Angie wrote it and we still read chapters over every week because we're still practicing I mean yeah it's like what is it like a thousand hours or something I can't remember how many hours to be basically in like the top percent of people in that skill set. It's like, it takes a long time. You don't just read something once and it's done. I think, you know, one of the most important things is, is the pause. Cause that's the pattern interrupt. It's your, your opportunity to make a different decision, to practice something. You need to pause first so you don't react, which would make sense as to why there's a whole chapter on that. So tell me like, I'm going to link the book in the show notes as well for people to go get it your little guide on the side that you can always have with you to to shift into that incurable positivity. But what are some of the things that people can take away today? Like if they find themselves in a situation where they can now recognize, okay, like I'm going into a negative loop. This is part of my unconscious programming. Like what can somebody do to shift out of that as like a first step and just begin to do something different and to start practicing? Yeah, we have this thing called the three R's, like it's a framework called the three R's. So it's release, reach and reframe. So once you've caught it and you realize that you're in this negative thought, release it by writing it down. When you release things and you write things down, we all know that journaling, what the benefits of that are and what it does to your mind when you're actually having that hand-mind connection. So journaling, releasing it and releasing just really how you feel, like just write it down because your feelings or your guidance system that are going red alert, red alert, there's something going on here. And so just writing it down, will get the thoughts out and then reach for a new one, which is, you know, looking at what that is, that belief is for you and just reaching for something new and use a bridge thought. And it could literally be, I'm so grateful for the awareness that I paused enough to release this thought. Like that's super positive. That just means you're moving. And then if you can reframe it by going to a positive statement that makes you feel good, It could literally be, I feel great because I'm acknowledging that I took a step to release a a negative thought, right? It could literally be that. So I think that's something that we can all do immediately. Like we can do that in the moment. We can do it on our heads. You know, I sometimes have this little journal with me now that I carry around and I just write things out. So I think the three R's is something that over and over again, people just keep saying it helps them kind of get moving and getting shifting because we don't say change we say shift like a slight shift a slight realignment right can make a huge impact right that's what I've learned in life anyway change seems so big whereas shifting is just very very slight yeah well okay I I want to know if you've had this experience or if it's just me but when it comes to releasing right our and journaling our 
unconscious, I feel like it's just itching to get out. There's just things that want to get out. So it shows up in like reactivity and anger and frustration, whatever it is. And so when I journal or even like write a message to somebody that I'm not going to send, that's important, right? Not actually reacting, but writing something, allowing whatever to flow through me and not send it. I can like slowly take stuff out. My text message slowly becomes like shorter. And there's been times where I've written like pages and pages and pages to like exes or people that I'm in a fight, like whatever it is, if I'm in, you know, something where I feel triggered and then the message becomes like three sentences long and it started as a hundred. And that's because my unconscious is like trying to get out. But imagine I just like said all of that in that moment, it would have just been super reactionary. And so, and I would have believed it. And so uh, have you had that experience or is it just me? Am I the only one who starts off with like a hundred lines? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now, yeah, I text to myself. I actually have a notepad in my iPhone, right? The notes where I like write down thoughts as they're coming when I get triggered. And then I go back and read it a day later. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm so happy I did not send that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you just you got to get it out. And I think enrollment's a big thing, too, like enrolling others and being enrolled in negative conversations. That's probably chapter in the book where people just get the most stuck Mm -hmm. and they they ask all the time, how do I not get enrolled in conversations that I don't want to be in without appearing that I'm not being empathetic? Oh, my gosh. Can you please tell me how? Yeah. (laughs) What is the secret? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, well, in the in the workbook, actually, we've given scripts now, like on how to do it, because people literally ask me that question all day. So one of the things that my best friend reminded me of yesterday, she was like, you always have this way of saying, is there another way that we can see that? Like, is there another way that you could view that? Or how else could we approach the situation from a different perspective? Like, I'm literally that way. But, you know, when people are like, oh, the weather's bad, the traffic's bad, I'm like, thank God. God, we have, you know, weather to talk about. And I'm, or I'll say something like, God, I feel really bad for weather. He gets all the bad rap, you know, like I'll say something yeah. funny. Generally, people don't call me to complain anymore because they just know that I will not get enrolled in that conversation. But there is there is ways to do it and there is ways to be empathetic and there is ways to hear people out without getting in the boat with them to pull them down that river because I don't think that's helpful mm-hmm. either. But uh, yeah, enrolling and being enrolled. I mean, life is an enrollment game. We're getting enrolled all day in conversations. So it's really thinking and being more consciously mm-hmm. aware and more present of what conversations you're having. Yeah, absolutely. And and having, you know, you can have boundaries on them. And I, and I love the way that you, you know, you're one of the suggestions is a pattern interrupting or even bringing in humor because it kind of like snaps the person out of it. Sometimes people don't realize that they're even doing it. And so having those phrases, I'm going to definitely use those and probably have to go highlight some things in the book as well to be able to pull. One of the things I find super hard is I go into wanting to convince somebody to to look at it a different way. I almost go like right into the coaching of like, well, what could be going on for them or what could be happening? Like, let's look at it from a different perspective. And that person might not actually be ready for that. I, I can jump into it way too quickly. For people that find themselves going into that pattern, what would be a suggestion to do something that's going to have a better impact because that doesn't always land. Yeah. I mean, I ask people, what kind of support do you need right now or want? So when somebody's sharing something with me and like, I'm like you, I want to push people to the brighter side and coach. I literally have learned through transformational training that support means everything to somebody. So what does support mean to that person? 
So yeah, what, how can I best support you right now is a great question. Do you want some coaching? Do you just need an ear? Are you looking for some perspective on it? Because, you know, I want to help you be the best version of you and feel better. Because what I'm hearing from you right now is this isn't working for you and this isn't feeling good for you right now, but you might just need to get it out. And so I'm okay with that. Like if you need to talk about something and I'll literally say, I'll give you like, you know, some times, but I'm not going to give you half an hour of that time because actually that's not helpful to you. You know, if you're not, you're not feeling great and you need to get out, but you keep regurgitating it and you're getting stuck in this loop, that's not going to benefit you either. Right. So how can I best support you? And then how can I best support you shift? Yeah, absolutely. I love that word shift as well. I, I like to use that shift and align. We're so resistant to change. Most people don't want to change, even if they think that they do. The process of change can bring up a lot. And so shift and align. And and I love what you just shared, really giving people a place to feel and be heard, because sometimes that's what's needed, while also not enabling it, while you know creating space for it. And and clarifying and holding the intention of you want to support that person, you want them to be able to show up and, and feel and be their best. And that's the intention. And I think like, and you probably see this all the time as well in leadership, like a common thing is intent versus impact. Like you have an intent, but when not, when it's not clear, the impact can often be really different. And so, yeah, I love how you just shared that and, and really clarified that for the audience. And I'm personally going to use that when, when I feel like I'm going into coaching mode, we call it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends that literally are like, you know, how can I best support you? And I'm like, oh, thanks for asking me that question. Because you know what? Right now, I just need you to listen to me. I don't need any advice. Or you know what? I need a different perspective because there's something that I'm not seeing, right? If we could all say that a bit more, we'd probably have better relationships with everybody around us. Yeah, absolutely. How can I support you? And, and not assuming that you know what that looks like. So, oh, this has been so good. So much, so much good stuff. I'm really excited uh, to share this and, and I'll link all the books and stuff as well. I love I know you do a live on LinkedIn weekly that's really helpful. So encouraging people to also show up to that. Is there anything that we didn't get to chat about that you want to share to, to end here? I just think that if we all woke up every day and just asked ourselves, how do we get to add value to the spaces and lives around us and be a positive influence in the world, we might shape our choices and the things that we decide to do and the words that we use in a different way. And so that would be my challenge to everybody is, yeah, just think about the type of energy that you want to be in the world and how you want to impact people and be consciously aware of that, right? So that's it. But just life's not that serious. Don't take it so seriously. Yes. And find, find, good light-hearted people everywhere and you could walk out the door and say good morning I'm having this experience in Florida now because I just moved it's like I say good morning and people say it back and I'm like oh I'm just collecting good mornings all morning it's so fun you know <laughs> like after being in New York for a couple of years so I think yeah just just think about that make an effort to be a, a person that adds value and, and positive energy in the world because the way that we shift the world is that because we're all connected and I truly believe that wow I love that and we can all start today we can all do that and you know, make that choice and see the ripples of impact, right? Like just noticing what's different, like saying good morning to people, holding the door open, you know, giving somebody the benefit of doubt, like these little things in just how we see the world and how we interact with it and showing it from that place of intention and just noticing the ripple of impact because you're right. I think that that is how 
humans are going to change the world. It's through that positivity and it's through that the ripple effect of, of all of that and, and the things that you've shared. So thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the show and getting to, to see you again and catch up as well. Oh, so good. I'm so I'm so excited that you're doing a podcast and I got to be on it after being your roomie three years ago. It's so fun. I love it. I can't I can't wait for all your books and stuff to come out. So uh, thank, thank you, you for having me on. Thank you. Like what you heard and want more? Stay connected with our community on social media using the links below. Like us on your favorite podcast provider and sign up for the Conscious Loop newsletter, where we only send you goodies with one intent to break your unconscious loops. If you have an unconscious loop you want to break free from, let us know so we can feature that loop on the show. Info and show notes, and we'll see you next time in the Conscious Loop.